Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. It is just great news that Bill Self is recovering and appears to be just fine, and reports are now that he will have a full recovery, and he's looking forward to get back to coaching really quickly, which is great news, after a whole bunch of misreported stories on Thursday around the Kansas basketball coach that he suffered a heart attack. There were reports that it was a possibly a stroke, all kinds of different things out there. And the University of Kansas is very clear about this. They're saying that he suffered an illness. He's expected to make a full recovery. He is doing very well and life will go on. Bill Self, for his part, is saying he can't wait to get back to coaching and he should be doing back with the team, quote, in the near future, which could possibly be next week. And we don't really know what's going on, and I'll just say this. We're going to look at this from a media standpoint because I don't think the information that was out there that was reported is very far off. Let me say that. So should KU start pulling press credentials, firing people, stopping relationships with media partners that reported that Bill Self had a heart attack? I don't think they should, and I don't think they will, but... I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine if I was still on radio and I reported that Bill Self had a heart attack and that was not the case, I cannot even imagine what would have happened at Sports Radio 810 or WHB or to me personally. But everybody else, they're kind of in the loop. It's um, it's very friendly media these days. So I think they're not very far off. I think KU is not saying much here. And Bill Self doesn't want to say much, and he has every right to keep his personal medical condition absolutely private. He has every right to do that. I completely and utterly respect that. But it is a little bit unusual that something this important, this high profile, this this top of mind issue with so many people, millions of people, really, let's just be honest, millions of people, everybody in Kansas City is talking about Bill Self being in the hospital, that something this big doesn't have a little more detail as to what's really going on. Again, he has every right to do that. And the media reports that are out there, I personally don't believe they were very far off. Kansas hasn't said anything. Bill Self hasn't said anything. They've not said at all what this is or why he's ill in the hospital and recovering, expecting a full recovery. There's been nothing. They, again, every right in the world to have your health situation be totally private, completely and utterly. But I'm also surprised that there is no pushback, that nobody's saying, hey, we've got this source, we know this person, they said this, and strong reporting. Everybody now is backing off the story, saying whatever. Um, we had the headline on the podcast yesterday that it was reported by media outlets, very clearly stated, media outlets reported, Bill Self had our attack. We didn't report that in any way, shape, or form. There have been some websites out there saying that I reported it or I did this. Couldn't have made it more clear in the very first line of the podcast on Thursday, according to media reports, Bill Self suffered a heart attack. Listen, I've heard it all. I've heard a million things. I could sit here all day and tell you people that I know at, I spoke, I was at Power and Light District yesterday, athletic officials from Kansas State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, three schools. Um, not to mention the reports and the people that we know around the University of Kansas. That's, that's, that's a totally different deal. But the other schools and the people that they know, the things that they said, they all sort of line up the same way. Everybody's sort of in agreement as to what transpired. 
And the wiggle around on this is that there was a previous health condition with Bill Self that was unreported or unknown, and this is a follow-up to that. Now, what that is exactly, I'm not going to sit here and say. I'm just telling you that's the consensus of people in the Big 12, that Bill Self had an ongoing medical issue of some sort, and this was a continuation of that, that this was not something new. And so they don't report it as such. It's not reported as, oh, my God, he had a heart attack. Well, maybe he had an irregular heartbeat or something before. Who knows what it may have been. Ridiculous to speculate. The good news is Kansas is reporting that he is doing well. They expect a recovery. And Bill Self himself himself said he hopes to be back with his team, quote, in the near future, which I think a lot of people are thinking is the NCAA tournament next week. So we see this in sports a lot. We talked about Andy Reid on the podcast yesterday. Uh, In 2021 season, Andy Reid was taken after a game to the hospital for what was believed to be a heart issue or reported at the time some sort of a health concern and got back with his team right away. Looks like Bill Self will do that. Kansas was a steamroller without him. Clearly, they were prepared to play this game. Clearly, they spent all week getting ready for West Virginia, believing that they would win their first-round game, and that's who they'd get. Bill Self said he was, quote, he told Norm Roberts, quote, he was so proud of the guys, and according to Norm Roberts, the interim coach, fill-in coach, he was so proud of the guys for how we defended, and that's exactly right. The headline for me with the Kansas Jayhawks is, last Saturday's game at Texas notwithstanding, take your calendar on your desk or on your phone or however you look at a calendar, flip it from February to March, and the best defensive team in America is Kansas. That's just what they do in March. They're great defensively. They're great. The only way to punch them out of the tournament, we've seen it before, anybody can be beaten in college basketball. The only way to punch them out is to get insanely hot from three. That's the way, that's the only way you beat them. And you can get lucky doing that. You can just have a hot night and go out and make 11 threes or something like that and beat Kansas. But boy, they defend. And they defended their tails off against West Virginia. West Virginia has been lighting up the scoreboard. They've been rolling and playing well. Very good basketball on their way to, I think, a tournament bid. Most people believe they will make the NCAA tournament. But Kansas just locked them down. And Kansas did two things in the game against West Virginia that will win them a national title if they can do it every time out. They don't have to do it every time out, but every time Kansas plays, they will win if they do the two things they did on Thursday. They play great defensively as a team, and Grady Dick has an outstanding game. If you don't stop Grady Dick, Kansas will beat you, period. Jalen Wilson's the man. He's going to score. Give him what you got. It's all good. When Grady Dick lights it up, you are done. 18 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 4 out of 7 from 3, and you're not beating Kansas. He had three or four rebounds. He drew a couple of charges. This guy is a lottery pick. He is an absolute and utter stud. He is a difference maker in a game. There are, it's like saying Travis Kelsey is really good. He's going to get his. Chris Jones is an outstanding player. You know, we know these guys that are really, really good. But you got to somehow keep Patrick Mahomes from beating you. And Grady Dick, I'm just saying it. You can laugh this off if you want. He's their Patrick Mahomes. When Grady Dick plays well, you are not beating KU. 
You're not, because the rest of the team is kind of a given every night out. Grady Dick's been all over the place. He struggled. He had some games where he scored three. He scored five. He'd go one for seven or oh for four from three. He'd get in a funk. He'd clank them off, and you go, eh. But when he is stroking it, wow, is this guy a player. He is absolutely the difference maker for the Kansas Jayhawks, and he was against West Virginia. We'll see what it looks like on Friday night. As Grady Dick goes, the KU Jayhawks go, period, end of statement. And I think at this point we can say it's March. Their defense is a given. Their defense is an absolute 100% given. They're going to defend. Bill Self wasn't even there, and they defended, defended, defended. That clearly was the message all week long. Grady Dick was asked after the game, what was the difference having Norm Roberts coach instead of Bill Self? And he said, quote, honestly, there was a little less yelling. That's the way Grady Dick described it. There was a little less yelling. Apparently, he liked that because he had a great game. Norm Roberts goes to 5-0 and as the head coach for Kansas this year. This is crazy. Bill Self officially out with an illness, a, quote, medical condition, whatever. I can't even imagine. And by the way, while the KU media got the whole thing wrong and reported, I don't know how mad KU is. I don't know. It could be a heart condition, not a heart attack. I don't, again, I don't think the reporting is very far off. Kansas doesn't seem to be too mad at the reporters, but it's thankful that I wasn't one that said, I've got a source and here's what happened and, and be wrong. That <laughs> they, they would have come after me with, with pitchforks, man. They'd come all over me. By the way, multiple media outlets reported that Kevin McCuller would not play in that game, and he did. Wow, KU media. It's, it's normally just a very friendly media. They kiss up to Kansas like Chiefs reporters kiss up to the Chiefs. When you're a winning franchise, everything's good. You get spoon-fed information. You report it to the masses. You hope to get more followers on your social media. That's the game that's played. And somehow, KU either duped people. I don't know what's going on here. There were all kinds of people saying Kevin McCuller was not going to play. All kinds of people saying this is a heart attack. KU says it was not a heart attack. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But the good news for Kansas is this team is ready. This team is March ready. I think that's the best game Kansas has played in quite some time. They won a bunch of games down the stretch. Many of them, they didn't look great. They didn't look very good at all against Texas last week. But my, oh my, when they play defense and Grady Dick plays well, you're not beating that team. You're not. There's only one way to get around Kansas. They've got two games left in this tournament. They could play six more in the NCAA tournament. They could play eight more games. The only way they lose any of those eight games is if they don't defend well or you completely shut down Grady Dick. That's the only way to beat Kansas. That's the only way. If they do the two things they did on Thursday, there is nobody in the country beating this team. No how, no way, no chance. Wow, this is a weird story, folks. Bill Self is out for the Big 12 tournament. I think that's reasonable. If he's in the hospital, that makes sense. Will he be back next week? If I had to bet on it, I'd say yes. He's already commenting that he's looking forward to getting back with his team in the near future. The near future to me is next Thursday or Friday in the NCAA tournament. They expect a full recovery. He's doing well. All of those things. We'll see if he's discharged on Friday and goes back to his house in Lawrence for the rest of the weekend. But he clearly watched the game, called the coaches afterwards, told them how proud he was, and was happy how well they played defense. So he's, he's clearly involved in this and still coaching. Bill Self is Hall of Fame coach, two-time national title winner, is still coaching from a freaking hospital bed.
The guy's amazing. And, and the, the, the question has been answered. If there's any question on Thursday, what's his future, what's going to happen, whatever, no, no, he's coming back. He's ready to go. And it will probably be next week. And I'll stand by what I said yesterday. I'll bet in a year, Bill Self has lost 75 pounds and says this is the best I've felt in 30 years. I'll bet that happens. I'll bet that happens. Good stuff. Kansas Jayhawks look fantastic on Thursday. Flip side of that was K-State, which is now 6-7 and seven in its last 13 games. They are not – this, this team is the easiest team to diagnose in the entire field. K-State is a very simple basketball team. There's one thing, one thing. If K-State plays defense, they beat you. If they phone it in and don't play defense, you beat them. It is not that complicated. In the last 13 games, this is an under 500 team. They're probably going to be a three seed because they got some really good wins early when they were up to speed and they scored 116 on Texas. They scored 90-something on Baylor. Again, they just outscored people. This time of year, you can't outscore people. You have to play defense. Kansas State, in its last 13 games, is 6-7. and seven. In the seven losses, they've given up 80 points per game. Average, 80. 80. In the six wins, they've given up 61 per game. There is no stat line like that with any team in America. Nobody. Nobody know how nowhere has that. That is the simplest thing for Jerome Tang to go back to Manhattan after an embarrassing performance against TCU. Completely and utterly embarrassing defensive performance. Like home crowd, everything. They got an early lead. The place is fired up. Might as well have been a home game. Nothing. They couldn't defend anything. It was the old possum defense. <laughs> Just stand there and play dead and hope the other guy misses. That's the way K-State defended on Thursday night. It was utterly brutal. Just awful defensive performance. They're psycho. You know what? Baylor's psycho. Jerome Tang came from Baylor. Baylor's had very good success. When they've had great NBA players on their team, they've gone a long way and been really hard to beat and been absolutely terrific. When they have really good players, but kind of players like everybody else, Baylor's psycho. You don't know what you're going to get every night out. Kansas State's a psycho team. You don't know whether they're going to play defense or not. <laughs> In the games they've won, this is like 13 games. What are we talking about here? Six weeks? Seven weeks of basketball? Like a long time ago. All the way back to mid-January, a non-con game against Florida. All the way back. We go all the way back to that. Kansas State in their wins has given up 61 points per game. That's their formula. There is nothing else that matters. We can sit there and talk about Noel and Johnson and how many points did they score and what percentage they shoot and all that stuff. The offense is pretty much the same night in and night out. Some nights they're great. Early on, they scored massive amounts of points. But they're okay. They're a good offensive basketball team. When they defend, they will beat you. When they don't, it's a piece of cake. And TCU, it was a piece of cake. That was, that was one of the worst defensive performances you'll ever see. Like, they were just not into it. They're like, we're here. This is fun. We're in the tournament. Look at all these fans. Let's shoot. It was just street ball. It was AAU. Let's just go play. <laughs> and the other team found a way on multiple possessions to play really good defense and put K-State in a situation where they took bad shots. That is March basketball. In a nutshell, what we're talking about is what is the game? 
The game of college basketball in March is about defense. It is. It really is about defense and three-point percentage because the teams that wind up in the Final Four always got there by playing defense and shooting threes. Always. And that's what Kansas did with Grady Dick playing the way he did on Thursday. It is not what K-State did. No defense. Missouri has Tennessee. By the time you're listening to this, the game may have started. It may be over. So we're not going to spend much time on Missouri here today because they're not. We, 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 K-State and Missouri have a lot in common. Man, they got a lot in common. They can go out and score. The nights they play defense, they're hard to beat. The nights they don't, it is not pretty. KKHI is brought to you by Cross Kitchens KC. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. It's your home remodeler. Call 816-898-7047. Ask for Tim. And he'd love to come to your house and take a look at your project and give you a free estimate on the work to be done. These guys are the best. Colbert Hills, a world-class PGA-style golf course. And their Sammy Family Stay and Play Lodges. 15% discount right now with KKHI as your discount code. You want to do a stay and play? Take a group of employees, group of friends, a guy trip. Get away for a couple of nights, stay and play. The lodges are awesome. You can cater in steak dinner. You can go over to Colbert's Restaurant right next door where the lodges are and eat there. Full bar, everything you want. A great, great client trip, employee trip, guy trip, couples trip. You love to play golf? Go play 36 holes or more. I I mean, you know, play 27 each day. The course is so good. It is always in PGA Tour condition. Book your trip now at colberthills.com or send an email to Joni. This is really easy. J-O-N-I, Joni, at colberthills.com. Say we want to stay and play. Don't forget the promo code. Save 15% if you mention the podcast. North Kansas City Dental. I talked to Dr. Bill Bush yesterday on the phone for a little bit. We had a great chat about, well, things we talk about on the podcast because he's that guy. He should be your dentist. It's no more complicated than that. He's my dentist. He should be your dentist. NKCDental.com. 816-471-2911. And our friends at Window World, simply the best for less, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, online at windowworld.com. 0% financing, American-made products, lifetime warranty, customer service awards from J.D. Power & Associates. That's all you need to know. It is Window World, online at windowskansascity.com. All right, in the news, the Senate unanimously passed Josh Hawley's bill uh, that the Director of National Intelligence declassify all information about the origins of COVID-19. Everything our government knows that is classified about COVID-19, Josh Hawley has a bill. He wrote the bill in the Senate. Oh, my gosh, it passed unanimously. A Josh Hawley bill, unanimous? Here's the problem. They knew a few Democrats were going to do this anyway, and the House was going to pass it because all the Republicans. So even the hardest left COVID freaks in the Senate voted to allow this information to be released because they didn't want to be on record as being someone that is not in favor of releasing information to the public. They didn't want to be on record as not being transparent. So they went along for the ride. Now, there are Democrats kicking and screaming on this thing. They did not want to vote for this. Did not. Again, unanimous in the Senate. They kick it over to the House. Wait, what? What? Of all the members there, and there were a couple that were absent, of all the members that were there, it was unanimous in the House. Now they send it over to Joe Biden. 
This is legislation. This is your government at work. This is a bill that says we will declassify and make available to the public everything our government knows about the origins of COVID-19. Oh, my God. Unanimous? How is this story not getting more play? Unanimous in the House. They're all scared to vote against this. Now they throw it to Biden. They're like, what's he going to do? Is he going to veto it? Here's his problem. This is veto-proof. It doesn't matter. If you've got unanimous Senate and unanimous House, the president doesn't matter. It's veto-proof. Period. So he's going to have to go along with it. Wow. Director of National Intelligence will have to declassify and turn over everything we know and everything we have learned about COVID-19. How good is that? Rarely do we have a podcast where we're happy with our government and we're like, oh, the government's doing a good thing. But on this day, the government's doing a good thing. They're working for the people. They are declassifying information that we deserve to know. And if it turns out that China's awful and evil and everything that we've thought from day one, and this was a lab leak, intentional or unintentional, doesn't really matter. Although if it was intentional, that's certainly a bigger deal. If our government believes that China intentionally did this as some sort of a test run for chaos, crashing economies, weapons against other countries, can you imagine? Now, what we know, I don't know. And do you trust your government to declassify everything they know? Or will there be stuff hidden that we don't even know about that won't be declassified? That's what I worry about. I worry that the deep state is so deep that there is information, there are documents, there are emails, there are things out there that will not be declassified because nobody knows they exist. That's not even conspiracy. We know that's happened with the government. That's not a conspiracy. We know the government has done that, that there are dark spaces, deep spaces of darkness in this government where you can declassify everything, but you're not going to find it. I mean, the Kennedy assassination is the classic example of that. Absolutely classic example of that. So will we get it all? I don't know, but this is a step in the right direction. Is it lip service? Maybe, but I'll take it. I'll take a win wherever I can get it. And I like this story. Joe Biden has no chance, but to go along with it, he has no chance to do. He cannot possibly do anything else. You imagine if he vetoes that it's veto proof. It'll go back. It'll still be enacted. They'll pass it. Why would he not sign off on it? We'll see. A couple of celebrities in the news, one living, one not living. Rush Limbaugh, of course, is one of my idols. He's really the reason I got into talk radio at all. I was in television and knew it really wasn't, I, I think I was okay at it, but it really wasn't fulfilling in any way. It was not meaningful in a lot of ways. And I wanted to do this. I listened to Rush Limbaugh. I've said this many times on my days off. I had Mondays and Tuesdays off. I had small children We'd drive around, we'd go to the park, we'd go to McDonald's, play place for lunch, we'd do, you know, whatever. And I would always listen to Rush Limbaugh. There was no sports radio then. And I would listen to Rush Limbaugh. And I would listen, I love the politics, but I would listen to the art form because he was just so gifted and so talented and so good at articulating what his message was. Couldn't be a bigger fan. Rush Limbaugh in 1993 sort of quietly, after he'd hit it big, said, you know what? I'm paying a lot of taxes here in New York. I think I'll buy a house in Florida. So he bought a house in West Palm Beach, massive beachfront property, 
2.9 acres. He bought it for $3.9 million. That's a lot of money, $1,993. His wife just sold the estate this week for a record in Florida, a record price of $155 million. That house that Rush Limbaugh bought when he left New York and went to Florida, a lesson for all of us here, when he left New York, went to Florida, he bought a house. It appreciated per year $5 million. What? It appreciated $5 million per year. Now, I understand why she's selling it. It's not that she needed the money. It was their house. It was his dream. It's an homage to great American architecture. There are all kinds of things in there that Rush wanted just the way he wanted it. And I understand. She's got a life. She has to move on. I'm sure she misses her husband every single day. But I think it would be a weird thing. If I lost Miss Jessica, I don't think I could stay in this house. I know people that do. My mom stayed in her house forever, and everywhere she turned, it reminded her of my dad. And she liked that about the house. To me, I think I'd be heartbroken. I just don't think I could do it. I get why people sell houses and move on after they lose a loved one. So there's two ways to do it. My, I mean, we, had to, we took my mom out of her house. We made her sell that house, kicking and screaming with a broken leg and all. She went out and busted her ankle working in the yard at age 85, whatever it was, she 85, broke her leg. A couple months later, she got an infection. She winds up in the hospital. We're like, that's it, mom. <laughs> that's it. No more grass cutting, leaf raking, weed eating for you. That's it. It's over. It's over. You're, you just can't go out in the yard and break bones. That's not good. So she's doing great. She's moved on. She's absolutely a complete trooper. We drive by the house every now and then. Um, it is, I think next to her kids and her husband, it's probably the most cherished thing in her life. I mean, she lived there 60 years, more than 60 years. Wow. She lived there more than 60 years. I get it, man. I get it. Houses, um, houses are family for many, many people. I kind of follow the Dave Ramsey rule that a house is just a house. And people are people, and that's what matters. Your family's family. They're with you forever. A house is temporary. Nobody, nobody ever has a house for life unless you fall over dead in it, which we don't really want to do. You don't have a house for life. You wind up, if you grow old and life goes as you plan and you live a long, long time, you wind up somewhere else other than your home your last few years. And that's not a bad thing at all. Rush Limbaugh's estate, wow, one hundred fifty. million. Well, you can buy a Finch pocket knife for a lot less than that online at finchknifeco.com, or you can visit Shields in Overland Park, the bullet hole in Mission near where I grew up. The Hatfield collection is available now. If you want to see a great pocket knife, keep life from getting dull with Finch Knife Company online at finchknifeco.com. They have dozens of different designs and labels, mother of pearl handles, wood, bone, all 154-centimeter U.S. steel blades. These are collectible pieces or carry one every day. Finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull. Fry Orthodontics, 13 locations. There is one right near you. Do me a favor. When you call Fry Orthodontics, let them know you heard about it here on the podcast. I don't think they ask. I don't think they know where their customers are coming from. Tell them 
KKHI. Just let them know. There's no promo code or anything like that. Your first appointment is free. You call them up and say, I got crooked teeth. I want to straighten them out. What do I do? Come on in. Your first appointment's free. Tell them Kevin sent you, and they'll put you on a path with Invisalign or braces to get that perfect smile. Whether it's you, your child, or your grandchild, Fry Orthodontics has a location right around the corner. They treat you with white glove treatment. It is gentle, it is careful, and it's fun. They create a fun space, especially for teenagers. FryOrthodontics.com. And Buck Roofing, sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head online at rbuckroofing.com or call 913-384-2680. Ron Buck and his team will do a free roof inspection this spring for you. Or just go to the KKList.com and see all of our sponsors in one place, the KKList.com. Morgan Wallen is a huge country star, musician. He's twangy and he's great. And his good songs are really good. He did something really different this week. Last week, I guess. He released 36 songs at one time. Now, back in my day, that's a triple album. That's a triple album. 36 songs all at once. 437 million streams is a country music record. It's not even close. He's in Taylor Swift territory. He's a couple million downloads short of Taylor Swift's record for the first week of streaming anything. Morgan Wallen, wait for it, two years ago, he was canceled. Two years ago, country music would not play Morgan Wallen songs. The woke companies that own all the radio stations banned Morgan Wallen from radio because he was caught on video drunk by his neighbor, which, by the way, in country music, this is this makes you a star. You know, there oh, there's a video of you. You're, you went out partying. You got your boots on, your hat. You've been drinking in Nashville, and you came home safely, and they caught you in the yard, and you were hollering at your buddies, and you're drunk, and the neighbor knew they lived by Morgan Wallen. They're shooting a video, and he calls his bros. His, I'm sorry, his bros. That's the way they, hey, bro. That's the way they talk to each other, people in their 20s. He called one of his bros the N-word. Affectionately. Again, white people can't do that. Black people can. We have weird, weird standards in this country of what people can do and what they can't do based on the pigment color of their skin. My God, this is a dream. This is, not, this is a nightmare. This, this is not real, is it? This is not real. This cannot be real. Like, can you imagine different rules of what you can say based on your hair color? Honestly, that, oh, I'm a redhead. I can't say anything about somebody that's blonde. <laughs> what? Seriously. So Morgan Wallen was talking like the bros talk with his bros, and a neighbor caught him on video using the N-word, jokingly, certainly not calling a black dude the N-word, and he got canceled. He got put in timeout in the worst possible way. Then he went to the studio and wrote more songs and they were really good and people wanted to hear him and he was number one in streaming and, and the radio station was like, holy crap, we're going to lose radio to this guy. He's going to win the internet. He's going to win Spotify, Apple Music. He's going to win everywhere whether we play him or not. People are listening to this guy because the music's really, really good and radio said, eh, we can forgive you. <laughs> All the woke corporations said, we kind of need Morgan Wallen's music on our stations there's no fewer than five radio stations in Kansas City that play Morgan Wallen songs now. 
Two years ago, that number was zero. And he just broke the internet with a 36-song release. No N-words included in any of the music, by the way. 437 million streams. That is unbelievable. Outrageously great. Morgan Wallen is the real deal. So is Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. If you're going in this weekend, say hi to Gary. He's in there every Saturday. He sent me a text this week, said that you just keep coming in, mention the podcast, and you love it, and you're doing great there. I've got a friend. Congratulations, my friend. I'll say it. Mike and Tracy, way to go. Congratulations. I haven't spoken to Mike yet, but I think I'll see him maybe this weekend. And congratulations. They're getting married. He got his diamond at Jocelyn's. They're going to go in and pick the ring out and get it all set up. Great stuff. Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. And Great Life Golf. I'll also play golf this summer with Mike because he's a good dude. And he's fun to play golf with. He hits it a mile. And he's really gotten better the last couple of years. I mean, he's younger than me, and he's stronger than me, and he hits it farther than me. And I'm not sure I could play much more golf with Mike. It's, I mean, now that I think about it, it's just not gone that well. So maybe I'll play with you this summer, Mike. Maybe I will. But if you want to play more golf, uh, Great Life Golf is possibly your solution to the best summer of your life. Join a great life course or get a classic membership that includes six courses, all the golf you can play all year long, included for one monthly fee. Get better at golf and play more golf. Send an email to join at greatlifegolf.com. That's join at greatlifegolf.com for more information on the courses near you. Or you can go to greatlifegolfkc, greatlifekc.com. That's greatlifekc.com. Appreciate those guys. Tremendous golf courses and a lot of fun times. I cannot wait to get out on the golf course. The Players' Championship is this weekend at the TPC Sawgrass. Many of you are not golf fans or don't watch golf. The PGA Tour is in this battle with Live Golf, right? It's going on. They're, they're having this thing. This is the course you know. They've played there every year for 40 years or however long. TPC Sawgrass, I was fortunate enough to play that. I played it with Spencer when he was maybe 16, 17. He was a teenager. We played it together. Jessica didn't play golf then. It was my birthday when we played it. And we got out to the second hole at the TPC Sawgrass, and a guy comes up in a buggy with a couple of plastic bags that say Sawgrass on them with clothes inside them. Golf shirt, a hat, I think a pullover was in there, a head cover, a logo ball. And I'm like, what is this? And he said, your wife says she loves you. Happy birthday. Wow. She dropped us off. We were staying at the Marriott there. She drove us up that morning, dropped me and Spencer off. We unloaded the clubs. We went in. We had a little breakfast, went out, started playing golf. She drove off. We saw her drive off. She circled back after we went inside, and she went shopping in the pro shop and bought me stuff for my birthday, and she paid a guy to go take it out to me on the golf course. And you wonder why I love her. Seriously, how cool is that? Anyway, they're playing there this week. It's a wonderful tournament. It's the Island Green. You've seen it. If you don't watch much golf, watch a little this weekend. That is a great course. When that course first opened 40-some years ago or whatever it was, Pete Dye designed it. It was ridiculed throughout the world as this isn't golf. We don't know what this is. What has he done? The players hated it. Everybody hated it. It was becoming the home of the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour owns this golf course. It's the players' course. It's the TPC Tournament Players Championship, TPC Sawgrass. There are multiple TPC courses around the country now, but this one was the big bad one. It's awesome. It's near Jacksonville. It is an incredible golf course. The second it opened, I loved it. I'm like, this is fantastic. This changes golf. 
This is better golf. This is the way courses should be designed. I'm not a believer that courses that were designed 300 years ago are the best courses. They were, well, they were goat ranches. <laughs> That's where the term comes from. They were just big open fields. Like courses in Scotland and England were used as runways for airplanes during World War II, for crying out loud. They're, they're not very interesting. They're just open fields back and forth. TPC Sawgrass, masterpiece. It was hated. It was dreaded. People cursed it. They said it was embarrassing. They said it's not golf. Now, it's one of the top five most iconic golf courses in the world. And if you want to watch this weekend, watch the best players in the world with a pitching wedge or a sand wedge in their hand, hit it in the water on 17. They will. A lot of them will. And if the wind blows, even more will. It's fun. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the basketball. Go Mizzou. Go KU. K-State. Rest up. Get ready. You're going to be in the tournament next week. Bring the defense. And we'll see how they go as March Madness rolls on at KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 